Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I am your host, Rafe Houston, and today I am joined by a very special guest. It is the motherfucking Honey Badger. It is Neil Diamond Cutter. How are you today, my dude? No, I'm just being weird. <laughs> You're just it's staring me down. <laughs> yeah, I'm just staring at you. I'm going to get you. Oh, Pull out the animal in me. You guys aren't seeing the murderer's eyes that I'm looking at right now. This is a, an audio medium, but I can tell you this is the eyes of a man with no fear. <laughs> yep. Dude, thanks. just like Daredevil, just so that I can see. I need a screenshot or something. Where's my camera? <laughs> so funny. Hey, man, Daredevil's known for being the one superhero everyone knows for being a blind guy. People know him for his disability, not his super ability. Well, that is true, and he has many super abilities. Every other sense is heightened. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Underestimated. Yeah. So, my it's- man, thank you so much for making time for me today. Uh, it's been great getting to know you over this week. Um, and, and I, I just like really excited to, to sort of sit down with you and kind of talk a little bit about your story. We were briefly talking before we started recording about, uh, living here in Australia and, and wrestling being so unobtainable for me. So I kind of just wanted to start by being like, man, how did it start? Like, what was your, your first kind of experience with wrestling and what made you want to go down that path? Well, like, uh, I was home during summer. I want to say I was around nine. Uh, looking at uh, the time, though, and when I'm guesstimating when I actually started watching wrestling, it probably around 12 or 13, around 97 or so, 97, 98. Uh, I know the first like big pay-per-view I saw for WWE was Austin winning the title. But I watched uh, WCW at first, just came across it just randomly, and uh, saw Glacier come out it had to be nitro because he had the whole the whole kit and caboodle with his uh entrance you know all the snow and the blue yeah. lights and shit and i was like hey it's sub-zero yeah. that's cool <laughs> so this is mortal Kombat. You know? yeah instantly <laughs> recognizable like i was definitely that dev- that uh, uh graphic you know like oh cool an action guy like a real action dude cool you know uh started watching more I saw the cruiserweights and saw Juventud Guerrero and Rey Mysterio and Jericho, most of all, you know, and uh, I think DDP was was doing something on that show and he caught my eye because for some reason I always think it's Glacier versus DDP, but apparently they never had a match in, in WCW, which is very strange to me. I really vividly remember them having a match. Yeah, but, it's like it's like like your child's memory, right? You think back and you're like, I remember this happening, and this is what like my everything's based around. And then people are like it didn't yeah. happen, and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I also learned recently, though, like when you actually go to think back of a memory, you're not actually remembering every single detail. So that's why your memory starts going because every time you tell it, it's like the telephone game; something gets a little obscured. That's why, like, over time, you know, people's stories will go from a fish being this big to a fish being, you know, huge over the course of 20, 30 years of telling the same story, just gradually getting bigger. Yeah, to the know? point where it's it's not even lying or a mistruth because you, you've convinced yourself that that's the, the way it was. 
which is like with crimes and stuff, they want to speak to witnesses and that within, you know, those first few hours because the story changes just naturally, not maliciously or anything like that. It's just the way human memory works, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but back to the, the original uh, memory of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I really vividly remember, like, Glacier and DDP, and then as soon as I saw Jericho, I was like, hey, I'm like him. Like, I'm a small dude. Like, I can do stuff that he's doing, and he's not doing all this other crazy shit that Rey Mysterio and Hooventoot and Psychosis are doing. Like, he's doing a ground and pound, like, come at you kind of shit, and that's what I was into. So I really gravitated towards uh, Chris Jericho. Like to me, he's the goat. He's the best there there will ever be in wrestling. Uh, the sad thing is, though, he he hates death matches. <laughs> so you know, uh, a friend of mine reached out to him and tried to get him to come to a show that was local to him, and uh, told him my name and all this. He loves my name, but you know, I'm sure he's not too impressed with the work, even though like I do a lion salt for him you know in honor of him like my my moon salts are always spot on and anytime i hit lion salts i'm usually pretty spot on where i'm at so you know you win some you lose some <laughs> hey you know what he he uh liked the name and that that's all you get you, you know you take from you take these little wins where you can get them right yeah, yeah. Like at least he likes my name. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm so, sure he saw my entrance. He'd probably love that. It's just once you get into glass and, and the like really nitty gritty violence of it, you know, I'm sure he'd be like, uh, okay, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I kind of get the, the vibe. I know that like what he's real good friends with that Dr. Luther guy who was a deathmatch guy and stuff like that. It's like maybe he doesn't like hate it or it's not for him or whatever, like looking down on anybody. Maybe it's just, you know, not for him and he would, uh, you know, understand why people do what they do yeah like I, i've had quite a few guys who will never do death matches just walk and be like i'm just curious like why and i'm like are you asking like sarcastically like why or are you asking like really why you know like down in phoenix i had a guy come up and he's like no i legit want to know why you do it like you just seem to be really passionate about why I'm like because it's storytelling at its finest dude like i don't have to fake anything like you guys will be called fake all day by drunks and hecklers and all this. Once I go through some tubes or get hit by thumbtacks and stuck in my back for the rest of the match, like you can't fake that sort of pain. You can't fake that kind of visual. So for one, it, no one will ever tell me it's fake because I'll just look at them and be like, okay, let me hit you with something. Let me headbutt you. Let me, let me do do what I do in a match and I will show you how fake it is, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm way more nicer about it now, but, um, uh, I forgot what else, what else I was going to say about that. <laughs> well, let, well, let, well let, no, that's all right. We'll rewind a bit and we'll, we'll get there. So once you see, uh, you see WCW and, and you see Glacier and stuff like that, and you start getting into wrestling, how does the journey to becoming a wrestler begin for somebody? Well, uh, when I started uh, training and all that, me and a bunch of friends were backyarders. You know, we did the stupid shit on the ground, and uh, the only difference is that we actually tried to chain wrestle and tried to put on, like, actually technically sound kind of stuff, despite how um, yarder-ish it was. Um, So eventually, me and my friends all pitched in, and we got a 12-by-12 boxing ring with no spring in it. 
and we all learned how to wrestle in that ring. One of the kids ended up going to school when he turned 18, went to a local place that had Delirious and Matt Seidel there. And uh, I'm not sure if they were trainers at the time, but whoever was training my buddy would come back the next day after he got all healed up. He would come back, and then he would teach us how to do it. Luckily, we had, he was very good at being a teacher and showing us, replicating exactly what he was taught. He was really good about that. And uh, we all did the exact same way he did and went through the exact same steps he went through. And even though it's slow for some of us, uh, you know, we all – agreed that we need to go at the same pace because we don't want to hurt anybody, you know, and wow. really get messed up, especially if we don't go anywhere outside of backyard wrestling. We don't want to hurt each other. Yeah. You it's know, a, or which is a super mature outlook for young dudes that are essentially like bootleg training. You guys were, it sounds like you guys were taking it like really seriously. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's the one big takeaway I, I tell a lot of people is that like, you don't understand, like I'm a workhorse. Like that's what I do. I played football for 11 years and I was a defensive lineman, smallest guy on the team wanting to play the hardest position or one of the hardest positions on the field. You know, that's just, that's how I am. Um, it matches like I'm always trying to come uh, come up with the perfect match, but I know it'll never happen because perfection is impossible in my mind. I'm too highly critical of my own stuff, but I was very very intent on making sure that I was gonna know what I was doing. So if I was to go onto the indies, I would instantly be trusted and people you know they may not know where i got trained because it was all hush hush back in 2003 you know you don't tell people you were yardage back then they'll just beat you up yeah. um so i would just tell people you know i oh i got kind of podunk training here in southern illinois and you know just kept chucking right, right along and years later ended up in iwa mid-south and realized there's a much bigger world out there than than uh, southern illinois and everything just kind of snowballed from there on. Yeah, wow. But I was a yarder, yeah, yeah, essentially. Exactly. So no um, – because uh, in America, you guys have got like uh, amateur wrestling, I, get in, uh, I guess, in high schools and stuff. It's not a thing we have in Australia. So I, was, I often wonder how many people like started through – you often hear guys talk about the stories like, yeah, I, I went to – I signed up for wrestling in high school and then I walked in and I was like, where's the ropes kind of deal, you know? <laughs> so it's like – I wonder whether, well, whether like, you've begun in an amateur kind of background and thing and gone from there or, or how it all worked. Well, like, uh, I asked my wrestling coach about it because I, I had the same thought. Like, hey, yeah, yeah. you know, if I go learn this wrestling, it should be able to transfer over into the other wrestling, you know, that kind of thing. Maybe get a scholarship, you know, that kind of deal. Yeah. You know, try to meld the two together. Kind of like Kurt Angle did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this is prior to him. Like, this is before he even won a gold medal. So, first, my idea. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> he ripped you off, really. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure a million people had that idea. But uh, I asked my wrestling coach about it, and he's like, oh, no, this is different. Like, this is discipline. Like, this is, like, military kind of work. Like, this is sport. Like, it ain't fake like that. And I'm like, I don't know. I watch ECW, man. Like, that's not really all that fake. <laughs> like, still hurts, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, you can learn how all but still hurts to fall yeah still hurts to hit the ground but uh he just told me to go find a school somewhere else and you know me being a dumb kid i just went with my friends yeah just went you know we learned our own uh the great 
great thing is though is a guy I learned or I met uh, Sean Vincent met him very early on in my career and uh, I never really gave him my background on wrestling because you know back then you don't tell people you're a yarder you just go out and do your job uh, and like within the last year I told him like yeah dude you didn't know I was a yarder he was like oh my god I thought you were training this whole like he was completely mind fucked yeah because he was I was literally talking to him right before this moment purposely about a yarder company like right over in Illinois like they want to be trained to really do what do what we do they just can't afford the big ass schools Mm -hmm. and I was like well okay talked to them found out this Sean Vincent guy had a problem with him and you know friends I'd hit him up about it so I'm talking to him about it told him like yeah they're just really trying hard they really like they're trying to pay dues in their own way they can't afford your school dude like it's that simple you know not everyone can afford certain prices because they're all dirt poor yeah you know look at me and he's like what do you mean I was like I used to be a yarder man like I learned in the backyard and he blew his mind because I was so crisp with everything and I was so fluid with everything I did. He thought I was legit trained somewhere. So it just goes to show if you can put in the effort and you get the right type of training, you can succeed in, in wrestling. It's just I'm a very special case. Yeah. You know, I'm one in a million kind of shot yeah. to, to have the type of skill set that I have in wrestling. Absolutely. So, uh, any uh, uh, any of the team, like your group of friends that started with you in the backyard, do any of those guys still wrestle? No. <laughs> no like, I thought you were going to tell no, me like, like, oh, and that guy that taught me <laughs> thing is actually uh, Batista. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's ridiculous. Well, this will blow your mind. Yeah. Uh, fucking, uh, back when I was 16, Matt Seidel was uh, backyard wrestling at the same time. And uh, he just happened to be in my area. So we actually met uh, backyard wrestling on the same show. And then come to find, you know, he has his future and, you know, goes to WWE and shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> but me, he's still trying to get around the globe. Uh, he's yeah. trying. Oh, you, but uh, you're he, he's that, the you. only dude that I, I, I remember from that kind of group of people. Uh, when I first got onto the indies, uh, I was part of a group called LWA. Uh, they're known as St. Louis Anarchy now. And uh, uh, what is it? I know Evangelistico is still with them every now and again. Uh, Pierre Abernathy is still there. I believe he goes by Matt now. Um, and then Gary J. They were all there, and they were all same level as me, just they had much better training than I did at the time. Um so they they started with LWA along with me and Gary's the only one who's legit been in the business just as long as I have maybe a few months prior maybe a month prior but like me and him are literally the same amount of time on the indies per se so he's the only one that's really survived and made something of himself outside of uh Seidel. yeah yeah and then um him coming back around recently into kind of the same similar circles as you with the ICW stuff and things like that, which is pretty interesting that you guys sort of ended up in a similar place. That's what I told him when I saw him. I was like, it's kind of weird, ain't it, Gary? Like, I never would have figured me and you would be the last two standing. Yeah. Like, I I thought you guys would be a group for fucking ever, you know, traveling around and doing whatever. And he's like, I know, man, just 
I figured the hooligans would be with you too. Like very strange for us, you know, to be the last man standing in our own little, little groups and still kind of just sharking right, right along. Like I can't wait to work them now. Yeah. yeah. It's been over yeah, 15 years since we last worked. Wow. So like, I'm ready to, no, it's probably closer to, to 10. Yeah. Probably 11 years or so. Since we last worked, same with Marcus Crane. I can't wait to work Marcus. I've known him for a really long time too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think uh, I think you and Gary J would be very interesting. I'd love to see that in like maybe a pit fighter kind of scenario or a no holds barred kind of thing would be pretty awesome. And um, Marcus Crane, actually, that that's a pretty good good segue for me because I've been doing my due diligence and uh, reading up on you. Uh, you said that when, when you you got through all the, the backyard stuff and you eventually got to IWA Mid-South, and that obviously leads to the Prince of the Deathmatches tournament uh, with which that you uh, finished up with him in, in the finals, right, with Marcus Crane. Yeah, yeah. It was me and Marcus in a, um, what we called it, a Ultimate Barbed Wire X death match, no rope death match. Uh, like th- it's not the idea that we had to climb across the barbed wire or anything. It was more of a ladder match and we just had a barbed wire X, you know, kind of like ultimate X was, yeah. uh, just a, we're not, we're not going to climb it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't hold your way to be, you would die. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the poles they had, like were just strong enough to tighten the metal yeah. for the, uh, barbed wire going across uh-huh. and like, yeah, anyone puts any amount of weight on that, like the duct tape ain't gonna hold. No, no, exactly. <laughs> you know? It's just for the visual. <laughs> that also that so that tournament um, also saw you uh, defeat John Moxley in a drunken type A match, which I watched this morning and really enjoyed. Oh yeah, it's a John's <laughs> it's hilarious in that match. He's so funny. Like, and I crack up every time I see it. Like I, I can do nothing but smile at that match. Yeah. Because like uh, at the time, like I was completely sober. Like I don't, I don't really drink all that often. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time, I was practicing like verbally practicing sobriety. Mm-hmm. You know, just because my my family has it running in my family, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, so Ian's like, well, what are you okay with taking, like, one shot of or, you know, something you can work with if you're able to drink? I'm like, okay, Jack Daniels. John's like, all right, cool, whatever. Fucking, we get out there, and I start pouring him out. I love that like, as well. The shit. Like, uh-uh. Yeah, like, I'm just outsmarting everybody. I wait till the ref looks away, and I'm like, nope, drop it, you know. And, and the commentators like, are going crazy. Him. They're like, oh, he's not even drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The crowd catches on, like, super quick, and they're like, Graf, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. And then finally, when I went to the third one, they're like, you better fucking take. And I was like, well, I got to be a face, so yeah. <sighs> I'll take one for the team, <laughs> you know. Like, uh, last extravaganza, that weekend, uh, I did uh, the Sean show at the end of the weekend, and Marcus Crane was there. Me versus Devin Moore, and me and him knock each other out, essentially. Marcus Crane runs in and pins uh, um, uh, pins Devin, and Marcus wins the match. <laughs> like, no rhyme or reason to He's it. not even there. Marcus, like, not even active. Yeah, Marcus yeah, Marcus had some uh, alcohol, of course. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, you're, oh, you're not gonna drink. You don't drink." And I'm like, "Not nah, you, man. I'm, I'm, you're not John Moxley. Like, you're my buddy. Like, I'll drink with you." 
you know, I took a swig for him and they poured it all over me. And I'm like, damn it, dude, I don't want to smell like alcohol. Like I'm cool with taking a drink. I'm not cool with having it poured on me. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Has to take it too far. <laughs> As Marcus well. So, so with, um, with IWA and, and death matches and stuff like that, had you obviously said you were an ECW fan. So how does the journey into your first death match start? Is that something you sought out or was it something you were there and they asked you to do it or, or how did that happen? Well, uh, essentially like Ian obviously saw that I liked the ECW stuff and, you know, I mimicked a lot of the running off of chairs like Sabu and, you know, just tried to do, uh, my own thing to make me stand out from everyone else. And, uh, he asked me how I felt about death matches and I'm like, well, to be honest, I don't really know what that means other than glass. So like, do you have a reference show? And he was like, yeah, 2008 King of death. Watch that. I was like, okay. Uh, I was watching it and like throughout it, I was like, well, this is, this is pretty brutal shit. Like, I don't know if my body can handle that kind of thing. Like I know it's tough, but, I just don't know if I can physically survive that kind of punishment for a long extended period of time, like a career takes sometimes. And, uh, then I got to the finals to watch Devin Moore and Danny Havoc have their fucking bonkers ass match and fucking, uh, I think I told Ian like a couple of days later, like, uh, just let me sit on it. Like, let me figure out how it could be done just for my own namesake. Cause at the time I was kind of getting taught a lot better about, uh, work or not work etiquette, but you know, backstage etiquette and how to actually structure a match psychology wise. And, you know, I knew how to hook the fans with all the moves and shit. It's just, I didn't have the little pieces put together yet psychology wise to really get people invested in me. And, uh, he gave me a couple weeks later, he came up to me and was like, Hey, uh, do you want to do a death match tournament? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Uh, by fire let's try what? six. Well, uh, I was like, well, let's check. Let's, let's ease into it a little bit. Like, let's do something that resembles what a death match would be. And, you know, we'll just work up to it. And, uh, that's why like through Prince, you see it just slightly get more and more violent because it's, it's, having me slowly dip into the pool, you know? And then once we got done with Prince, I was like, yeah, Ian, I'm down. I'm, I'm down for death matches. Like I, I'm figuring them out. It's, I have to just dive in head first. Once that happens, I'm probably going to be able to invest. You know, I just need that, that banger kind of thing. Uh, so I win Prince. I go on to face Devin, uh, my brother at King and that match is very structured, like normal match, just with weapons and shit in the way, no glass or very little glass. Second round wax log cabins. That match fucked me up. <laughs> I was bruised for a good three weeks to a month later. I just fucked body wise. So, like, that was my head first into the pool without any water in it. Straight into the glass, straight into the log cabins. For anybody who's not familiar with uh, death matches, uh, Neil is talking about they essentially build, like, Jenga houses out of fluoro tubes, if you can imagine that. I'm sure you can Google it. But uh, 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 You remember Lincoln Logs? uh, No. What's that? Uh, Well, here in America, we had a thing called Lincoln Logs, and it was pretty much just little wooden 
wooden beams like this long, like maybe that wide, mm -hmm. but there's little grooves on the end of it, so then you could actually put a piece, let me put my fingers right way, to where it's like you got one going this way and you can actually connect them like that. Right, right. So that like, way they like actually tessellate slide them and kind and of like can, build a house or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So it'd be like that, mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah. And that's the same way that log cabins are built, you know, two, turn them, two, turn them, two, go about four high, mm -hmm. makes about a foot high log cabin. Just of glass, like fluoro tubes. And so uh, when those are thrown at you or you're thrown into them, it's quite spectacular as far as the explosion goes and quite a lot for like, you're like, this is my first glass death match. And then you're just going through these things. Yeah. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty crazy. Uh, it's so great. Cause uh, like that, that was the time when I was like, okay, like I call it a shock match. When you go through a match, that's that devastating to your body. Like you sit there and you really contemplate whether or not you even want to keep wrestling. Like you really think long-term, uh, afterwards and you're like, wow, like, can my body really hold up to this? Can it really, you know, you really have deep questions in your brain. You're trying to answer as you're going through this um, huge amount of pain. And, uh, like literally the next night I'm laying there in my bed and, uh, I end up reliving the DVD off the, uh, apron to the floor and I wake up and, uh, completely out of breath. And as if I literally went through it that moment and wow. just felt all the pain from it. And literally I sat there, calmed down, got my breath back. And I was like, oh, that's fucked up. That's PTSD, like, man. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I was just like, huh, that was weird. I just turned the way back down. We just went back to sleep, like whatever. Same thing happened with Prince of Death. The uh, suplex off a ladder Marcus gave me through the X. Uh, I relived that bump, too, a few weeks after I did that. And I was like, whoa. Like, I sat up as if I took the suplex. I sat up, and I was about to sell. And I was like, wait, I'm in my room. <laughs> whoa, that's weird. <laughs> that, that's, so, yeah. that's crazy that that's literally your body giving you signals going like, Hey man, these were traumatic events. <laughs> like, are you yeah, sure you want to be doing this? Twice, yeah, that's the weird thing. It's only happened the two times, and like, I'll wrestle both guys multiple times. Yeah, I'm saying, you know, <laughs> never happened. <laughs> well, well, I mean, they were a couple of the like your first big ones, right? Like now, that's old hat. If if anybody is listening to this and hasn't seen a Neil Diamond Cutter match before, like. Check out the Insane 8 tournament uh, that just happened in 2020. Like, I just watched it, and your match with Oren Veidt, your match with Slack, I saw you take some punishment that I've never seen other people take. I've seen you just, like, thrown through things where uh, I sent you a message, like, bro, you're good. And this was, like, a year ago, and you're like, yeah, obviously. Like, you know, like, it, it was it was crazy, uh, man, and, and really, really August. impressive. So about six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> no. So it's not too long ago. He's saying the wax and Prince of Death, that stuff was 2010. That was 10 years ago. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, that, that just shows how long I've been kind of doing this. To be fair, like, I did take uh, time off because uh, I had a child, so I had to reprioritize. Oh. Mm -hmm. And for about three years, I was a truck driver. Yeah. Uh, and then um, – 
was it uh, got back into wrestling, did normal matches for a place called Party Hard. Some of them are on uh, IWTV. Like, I have real long hair and a beard. I look like Moses. It's really bizarre. Um, but if you look at my early career stuff, like, I had the whole undercut, long-ass Nanji hair with that was dyed red. You know, I looked like a punk, like a cyberpunk. Like, one of those kind of weirdo kind of guys, just redneck style. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, came back to death matches and I want to say it's 2017, maybe it, it was uh, UEW's uh, SOS three tournament. I ended up working Schlack, my very first death match in like six years. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> and it was the first time uh, I wrestled in California too. Yeah, wow. So it kind of double whammy for me. You you just so. have this thing where you like uh, go into things for the first time and it's the most extreme it can be immediately. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, dude, you have no idea. Like, I like it when people tell me I can't chain wrestle. Like, yeah, okay, sure. You you claim that I can chain wrestle. Let's just do it on a million thumbtacks. And they'll look at me like I'm nuts and be like, Nah, I'll chain wrestle you. I want everything to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, nah, man, let's make it hard. Like that, literally, if you do it right, you would end up making a giant circle in the middle of the ring because you, in chain wrestling, you usually don't move more than three or four feet. Yeah. So, spreading everything out. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine how painful a headlock takeover would be. (laughs) There's a possible stipulation in here that you could use at some point. (laughs) Hey, man, if you guys can get a million thumbtacks, I'm down. So like me and uh, Nolan Edward, we wanted to get a hold of uh, Guinness Book of World Records, but people kept telling us, like, they ain't going to come out for violence. And I'm like, oh, that's sad. Bunch of losers. Depends how violent you get it, right? <laughs> I might have to well, it's thumbtack, so it's not like we're going to be bleeding buckets or anything. Mm-hmm. They'll just be sticking in us. Like, I got curb stomped into uh, a bunch of tacks, and uh, we were recording it for a uh, – a Netflix series called Jack Whitehall and his father travel or something like that. Okay. Um, but it's basically a father son show where they travel the globe and you do weird shit in other countries mm-hmm. Well, they're in the United States and came down here and they're like, we want attitude era street fight stuff. And I'm like, okay, they want buckets of blood then because that's what attitude era was. It was buckets of blood and thumbtacks and, mm-hmm. you know, violence. It was very violent back then. And uh, I know everything from that era. I was raised on it. So, like, the party hard guy comes to me. He's like, I don't know if they want you to do that. I'm like, trust me. I know what I'm doing. And, like, throughout the whole day, their protection team is asking me what to do. Or start asking me to help solve the problems, like, to gimmick one of their sticks or whatever, to break, you know, Hollywood kind of production shit. And I'm coming through flying colors with everything. The the production crew for Netflix loved me. The whole crew liked me. And the owner for Party Hard was like, oh, man, like, Neil's getting over with them, too? Like, fuck, Neil can't stop getting over with people. He hated it when I get over with people because I instantly, I'd be like one of the boys or, you know, Effie. Like, the moment he saw me, he hugged me because I helped him get a booking. And fucking the owner's just like, oh, <laughs> You know, just made me laugh because he always tried to mark me out, and it never worked. But uh, anywho, uh, we do this uh, hardcore match, and the guy I'm working doesn't want to take tax. And I'm like, trust me, you're going to be fine. 
these are very minor, like you've dealt with worse. I've seen you take worse, okay, so don't worry about it. Well, he ends up giving me the curb stomp exactly the way I wanted him to do it, did it perfectly. Fucking, he pins me, matches over. I come walking to the back. They got a camera like this close to my face with a big light on. So I'm squinting, and I'm just like, why do they got this in my face? Oh, whatever. Just keep walking. The, you know, everyone's saying congratulations. That was awesome. I'm like, cool, cool. That's awesome. And uh, the guy I'm working, he's like, dude, you, you know why people are staring at you? And I'm like, no, I'm kind of baffled by it a little bit. He's like, uh, here. He took a picture, and, like, tons of tacks were just stuck to the side of my face. And I'm walking around like nothing happened. Just noise-selling like, it completely. He, yeah, because I don't know they're there. Yeah, yeah. I can't see them out of the corner of my eyes, so I don't see nothing. Yeah. And I'm just standing there like, oh, oh. And I went, all of them came off, and I didn't, no blood. And I'm just like, what? you want a souvenir? <laughs> I to hand it to my opponent. He's like, no, man. <laughs> like, oh, right, fine. Took one out. I put it in a, a little pig cushion I got. So I try to save uh, tax from, like, cool shit. So... Like, I got tagged from uh, one's beating in my back for, like, an hour and a half during a match. Like, you know, insane dumb shit like that. <laughs> Keeping yourself a little but souvenirs. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got the reputation really quick for being that 13 year. Yeah, at the time, it was 13 years when I first showed up. And I looked around. I was like, you're all fucking goofs. Like, what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, you all are, are acting way differently than I'm used to, like, green kids acting and journeymen acting. Yeah. You know, I'm used to guys traveling from all around the globe, or not the globe, from all over the country, because in the Midwest, you see all those guys. They all travel through there. Mm-hmm. You know, down in Phoenix, they're in their own little bubble. Everyone's got a bump card, and everyone's got, you know, let's do it by the book. And, like, I had to pull things out of kids sometimes yeah. and be like, dude, like, no, let's go bonkers. Like, we're, pre- we're pre-main, dude. Let's go fucking ape shit. And they'd be like, no, let's not try to outshine the main. I'm like, fuck them. This is WrestleMania, bro. Like, we're going to be on IWTV. Like, nah, let's let's do something cool. Like, I want people to talk about me. Fuck, <laughs> fuck this place on my card. Nah, wherever I'm at, that's main event for the night. You're trying to stand the show start- every time, yeah. Yeah, man. Like, my time is valuable, dude. I've spent 13 years doing this. Like, nah. I'm not here to waste time. I'm here to get over. Yeah. If I get over, the company gets over. If the company gets over, everyone makes money. It's that simple. Yeah. You know, if you're not putting me in the right spot, that's your problem, not mine. Yeah. You and, know? and I think you're, like, a really versatile performer as well. Like, uh, my wife made me promise to tell you that her favorite deathmatch uh probably ever actually at the moment is your Christmas death match that you did uh, with Cannonball. She absolutely loved it. Like what I'll do is on a, it's probably weird, but uh, but on a night, like if I'm trying to catch up on matches or something like that, I'll just get my little laptop or whatever here and I'll just put something on. So I'll be watching Pit Fighter or whatever in bed, you know, like just trying to go to sleep and yeah. rolls over and I'm watching, you know, you know, Pit Fighter X or whatever, New and Cannibal. She's supposed to be going to sleep because she gets up like three hours earlier than me or whatever. And then she's just watching it, you know, and like literally <laughs> loved it. And that's one where you guys were absolutely hilarious, but then also bring like a lot of uh, violence and versatility as well. It was super fun. So like if you're always, I think that mindset is only going to, to help somebody, and I think I think it helps the entire card and the roster because then every nobody's feeling like uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, secure. 
You know what I mean? Like everybody's trying oh, and yeah. pushing, you know? Well, like that's one thing that um, I try to bring to ICW is like um, uh, when I first showed up, <laughs> a guy around my size uh, came kind of waddling over to me. He's like, hey, you're Neil Cutter, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I'm Ryan. I'm here to build everything. If you got any ideas, please let me know. I'll build it for you real fast. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Cool. Do we just if become best friends? No, just be like, uh, instantly, I was like, oh, awesome. This is great. Like, just give me like five, ten minutes, Ryan, and I'll be back and I'll have some ideas. Literally, like ten minutes later, I'm kind of waddling my way over there and just kind of taking my time. Don't want to rush it. Don't want to seem all antsy because I'm like, I got some cool ideas, man. Fucking, I walk over there and I'm like, all right, do you think you can make this, this, and this? And he's like, give me ten minutes. I'm like, all right. I'm waddling, or I walk off to go smoke a joint or something. I come back, and he's like, done. And he showed me everything exactly the way I, I like thought of it in my head. I was like, me and you are going to get along. You're Weapon Master Ryan now. <laughs> That's your name. That's the only way I will address you from this point forward. Because like, he instantly got it. I told him to make uh, the candy cane light tubes. Loved it. Yeah. I was like, you think these two and put them together somehow and make a candy cane? He's like, yeah, I'll think of something. Get there, and there they are. Perfectly made. I'm like, yes, yes. This is awesome. Dude, the candy cane <laughs> like, light tubes were so job. funny. Like, it was such a good idea. Yeah, it's the only way I could think of getting, like, glass into the match to get a little bit of color. And, like, I didn't even get any color from it at all. <laughs> so I'm like, ah. Oh, well. The trees were like, great as well, like... Be, uh, Wait, go ahead. Uh, the Christmas trees were great as well with, like, barbed wire and, like, flashing lights and stuff through them and all that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, I, I was stuck on the wall there, and I looked up, and I was like, please don't splash me. Please don't splash me. Please don't splash me. And they grabbed me, and I was like, thank God he didn't splash me. Because <laughs> if he would have splashed me, like, I, who knows where that barbed wire would have ended up. Yeah, yeah, just torn through it. How does – um. It's always pretty interesting to me. I, I watch quite a few death matches now and follow a lot of it. But like, how how's the healing process work for you? Like, after a match or something, what what's like? What's your first thing you're gonna do to make it suck the least the next day? You know what I mean? Ah, uh, well, one, I get really high. Okay, that's gonna. Uh, two, I get really high. And three, I take a shower. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, what, I just recently found out, like, a lot of guys like to, or uh, some guys like to take baths. And, like, I thought about it, and I was like, that's a good idea, but uh, I don't know if I'd be able to really be able to do that, you know, especially if I'm on the travel, you know. I don't know. I don't want to go to an Airbnb and then make their tub pink because yeah. I'm covered in blood, you know. Uh, you know, if you got a place to go and do it, I, I do suggest doing it, but I usually just try to make sure I get all the shit out of me, peroxide it all, and just get super high. <laughs> so, like, and go to sleep and just deal with like, it. Uh, I'll say this with the, with the better talent I get, the less likely I'll have to get like a lot of, uh, stuff looked at, you know, um, a lot of the no piece stuff, like 
a lot of that stuff, I don't have to have them really look me over because it's really not that bad. And like a week later, I'll pull a glass on my arm or something and be like, oh, that was pretty deep. You know, uh, for about a week and a half to a month later, I was pulling glass out of my head for my AJ match. That's why I have that big old weird squivel like in the back of my head now. That's right next to my cowlick. So now it's an even bigger patch of mess back there. So that's brilliant. Like, it just all depends, really. Yeah. That yeah. no piece, like tower thing or whatever that you built of like tubes and tables and stuff that you went through was absolute destruction. <laughs> and so, oh, uh, the one with Lindsay Snow? Yeah, exactly. That was a great match. Yeah. That was so good. I was, was kind of hoping they spray paint the house uh, brown because uh-huh. it was supposed to be like a gingerbread house. Like that was supposed to be the idea of it, but they yeah. didn't have time to to do any of that extra shit because it was last minute thinking on my on my part. Yeah. It was awesome and I feel like it was a real coming out party for Lindsay Snow. I think like you really helped her there and like as like a, a death match, an intergender death match, it was it was really impressive, man. It should be something like that you feel quite proud of, I think. Oh yeah, dude. Like uh anytime I work anyone that's not uh, the average death matcher, I always tell them, like, equal rights, equal fights, man. Like, I believe in gender equality. I believe in age equality. Like, nah, either we're here to do this or don't don't come to the dance, yeah. you know. Like, um, I joked with Lindsay beforehand, or no, afterwards. It was afterwards because uh, we're – I don't know how we got on this subject. Of making, we're making dumb, like, call-out lines to each each other to get in our match and i was like just remember Lindsay, this is my house you're just visiting <laughs> and she just got kind of got a serious look on her face i'm like no no, no. like you're welcome like come i want you to visit come see me anytime you want to come to deathmatch land i'm more than happy to to accommodate you <laughs> you know like i i welcome all all creed you know yeah. what is it uh all genders all creeds all nations like i don't care like we all bleed the same in my mind. Mm-hmm. No one is above anyone else other than like maybe experience, but that's semantic kind of shit. Overall, everyone is on the same playing field when it comes to death matches. We can all have a good fight with anyone as long as we do it right. You know, absolutely. And take care of each other the best you can when you're throwing around glass and <laughs> things like that. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it can be tricky at times. It just depends on who you got really out there. Yeah. So, so you know, I had a blast with Lindsay. She yeah, was fun. Absolutely. Who would you say is uh, some of your favorite opponents? Um, hmm. I got to think about that because a lot of the guys I've been working, I've either only worked once or twice with, and uh, was it sometimes you really can't gauge. Uh, people on just one or two, like really depending on uh, the circumstances. Like, uh, like I've only worked Atticus and uh, Oren once, but I've really liked to work in our match with them. Uh, Like me and Oren, like I can't explain how that match came out the way it it did. Like a lot of that is just by feel, you know. Um, With Atticus, it's more of – I, I see great potential in him. Like he's gonna be a big star one day in the in the death match, if not already. Like he can do the promos, he knows how to cut the wounds deep. 
you know, and he knows how to present himself inside of a ring. So I, I like those two. I would really like to work again. Uh, John Wayne Murdoch is always a blast. I always have fun with him. Uh, I've done multiple four ways and uh, only had, I think we've only had two one-on-ones and one was uh, sickness cup. Uh, and the camera work is, is, isn't the greatest. Uh, you know, that's beyond the company's control, you know. Um, and the other one was for another company that had kind of shoddy kind of camera work, but yet again, not not really their fault per se. So I'm really hoping to get a spotlight kind of match with them soon to, to show the world, like, nah, I, I don't care what anyone says. Like, I'm proclaiming my, my, my seed right now as one of the top dudes in the country. So if I have to go toe to toe with John to, to prove that, then so be it. Cause I want to prove that I am on his level. You know, it's one thing for me to know it. It's another thing for me to show it. Absolutely. And at the moment so. he's got that title of the ace of ICW, no holds barred. So, I mean, that's, that's all dependent on his next match. Right. And there's no reason that uh, somebody like yourself can't take that from him. Uh, I don't know, man. John's been on a tear there. Like, I really don't know who really has the tools to do it. I think I could get close. I don't know if I can necessarily beat him because I haven't beat him yet. Uh, so, for me, it, I would just have to get more and more extreme with my stuff as, as we go along because I'm starting to realize that it is not easy to take down John Wayne Murdoch by any strength of the imagination. Same with Schlack. Schlack's another dude I haven't I haven't really beat yet. And that dude just keeps steamrolling over everybody. He is an absolute unit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, oh, do you tell me, brother? Yeah, yeah. So, so you were telling me uh, before we started, uh, you, you're really gearing up that once, uh, uh, once all this COVID stuff sorts itself out, like the goals to travel, man. So, so what are some of your your goals that you want to hit? Places you want to go? What are you What are you thinking? Well, uh, right now, uh, I know the UK is going to be a while before they open up, but um, once things are able to start going back to normal, like I know uh, Van Guardian has been reaching out to me uh, to possibly come down in Mexico. That's with uh, Salope and Mieto Extremo. Uh, I believe Arrow Boy comes out to those shows too, yeah, I cool. think. I'm not, I'm not 100 on that. Um and then I got a place up north. Uh, I think they're called Deathmatch North now, but it's Death Proof. Like, I, I don't know if they're, like, really, I think they're related companies, like, just two different styles, I think. Um, but, like, uh, obviously, I want to come down, down under and uh, beat the shit out of Joel for a night. <laughs> I would find that fantastic. Uh, I was going to... I was going to ask you about yeah. Deathmatch Down Under. That's where I was leading to. So we share a mutual friend in Joel Bateman. Uh, what did you think of the show? And I know that uh, that you would really like to get down here and uh, show Joel how it's done, right? Oh, well, so far the only match I've seen is Joel's, and that's just because, you know, life has popped up and I just haven't had time to sit down and just analyze it. Mm -hmm. But, like, so far, like, I really like uh, the atmosphere of it. Mm -hmm. Um uh, just like any any show, you have to train your crowd how to react. Sometimes, uh, I be, I think that's 
the one the one thing the crowd like didn't really quite grasp is just who to boo, who not to boo. You know, normal stuff that first time shows go through sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I really liked Joel and um, and Guido's match. I've always liked Guido. He's always been a good guy to me. Fucking that guy and his fucking mullet. <laughs> He's cool. He drags me up. Yeah, they they had an absolute banger. Um, I I loved the match. I thought it was awesome, and and some of the the things they did there, the suplex to the outside, uh, Joel disarming yeah, Guido, bonkers. Like, it was crazy, dude. Right? I was like, what are they gonna do? Oh my god! I was like, they're both like, dead. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, instantly I was like, "Oh my dear lord!" And then I saw as they were rotating how how it kind of worked, and I was like, "Oh, that's so cheap. <laughs> that's so brutal. That's so cheap. Like some bitches, oh you fuckers." It was like that as the first death match on the show. What a way to like kick off, right? There's there's two more after that. Like that are also really good. There's that uh, barbed wire tables tag team match, and then. Uh, a hundred, I think it was hundred light tubes. A hundred light tubes, four million light tubes. I don't remember how many, but like light tubes match between uh, Damien Rivers and Kellen Butcher, and the, they that they, was going to be the one thing I was going to say yeah. is uh, they need to have a seminar on self awareness because I saw one of them swing a huge like tower of tubes, yeah. and I saw a picture of it where it hit the uh, the. Uh, uh, projector thing. In oh the no! Of the did it really? I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Jesus. "No, no, no!" <laughs> tis, tis, tis. Could be expensive, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Joel, give me a death match. Two hundred light tubes will never leave the ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, but make sure you check out that whole match, man, because they 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 did really well for a, a lot riding on their shoulders to be the like headliners, you know, and first time. Well, wide on IWTV, I thought I thought they did really well, like for for their first one. Oh I, yeah, I, I believe that was like yeah. Callum's like first first light tube match or whatever as well. So, well, I'll say this: one thing that made them uh, stand out was having a male and a female commentator. Absolutely, like I actually really enjoyed that because it just added something new, added something a little different than what like we have over here in America. You know, it's always two dudes just kind of lollygagging around yeah you know like uh i tell people constantly like there's three things that'll bug the shit out of me about watching my matches over it'll be the match itself the angle that they're that they're filming it on and how it's cut together i put them together and then the commentary if one of those three things are off ever so slightly like i get real mad about my matches like there's some matches I don't watch because one thing or the other is extremely bad, and it just just irks me to no end because I'm like I could have done it better, yeah. but I can't film my own match while I'm in the match, you know. So I'm like ah, but ICW, there everything's been fucking awesome there. No piece has been really good with their commentary. Um, uh, yeah, can't really remember a uh some of the other places i haven't been to in a while so i don't know how their commentary yeah, yeah. teams are doing well, but i see the uh know. icw like uh the struggles and ron Nemi absolutely kill it they've hit a rhythm where they're probably like my favorite independent team at the moment um deathmatch down under for a first show those two together like uh andy coin and and jeff like together were 
an amazing team, I thought. Like a great interaction between them right from the beginning. And um, no piece of really lifted at first. I, I literally, for the same reason that you said, I couldn't watch their first show on IWTV. I wanted to, but like the commentary was weird and it was through front of house and like the audio was just driving me wild. I need to go back and watch it like with some music on and no sound or something, you know? Um, and so, but now they've got to the point with the newer ones where they had Schlack jumping in and, and different guys and stuff where it's, it's become really enjoyable to listen to as well. So, yeah. 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 The only thing that's been recently said that uh, kind of irked me a little bit, uh, it obviously doesn't matter, but um, what is it? Joey Janela was announcing the Lindsay snow match and he said something to the effect of uh, uh, this isn't exact quotes. Um, or he said something to the effect that I was probably mad that I one lost to a newcomer to death matches and two, I lost to a female. Mm. And um, uh, the first one, like, uh, okay. Yeah. Nah. yeah. Saying I get up when I lose, it sucks. Yeah, you know, exactly. Well, yeah, uh, in, in it, you're a veteran and it's a newcomer. So yeah, that, that would be something that would, you know, bug a competitive person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and the other thing, uh, like the, the losing to a female, like that's, that's just him not knowing my, my gimmick very well, uh, that, and I've never really put that out there that I'm all about equal rights, yeah. you know, equal fights kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I worked Mickey knuckles years ago before Prince of death and all that mm-hmm. while she had a broken leg. So like, I have a very, very, very strong respect for female workers because they, their body technically isn't equipped to do what we do. And they go out there day after day and still do what we do and hustle and, you know, do the work, you know. So I have the most of respect for, for any female that, that works. You know, we're all workers. There is no male, female. It's, we're all workers Absolutely. in my mind. And if you're, and if you're like, if Neil Diamond Cutter isn't saying that on the mic or it isn't like a heel angle or whatever, there's no real need for commentary to state that either. It's like 2020, 2021, you know what I mean? Like, nobody needs to put that out there. He probably, he probably, he probably just yeah. wasn't thinking or whatever, you know, and just trying to, you know, create heat or something. But, but yeah, it doesn't even need to be said anymore. And I, I think uh, it's going to be really interesting going forward uh, with Deathmatch Down Under how they don't have divisions. It's completely intergender, which is really cool as well. Like, Joel's going to have that absolute banger coming up with Charlie Evans, which is going to be really exciting. There you go. Saying, yeah, I'm all for that. Like, anytime uh, people reach out to me, like, hey, I might think about doing a death match. I'm like, just think long and hard. Like, make sure you want to do it because, like, there is an element of getting very, very hurt. It just, the only thing I can tell you is I'm not going to be the reason you get hurt. That's the only thing I can tell you. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm pretty good about everything in, in those style of matches. So I'm a pretty good – I usually tell people, like, me or John Wayne Murdoch and a handful of other du- dudes, I tell people, like, nah, you need to go to them to, to do your first, like, real death match because they will show you the way and it will be fun. You know, Lindsay was all ecstatic about the match. So I was like, no, calm, calm down there. <laughs> you know, this is one. Like, you got me. I'm a special case. So you might get someone who's younger than me and, you know, shit could turn out bad. Yeah. Exactly. So then, you know. there's, a, there's a lot of elements uh, to consider in matches like that because it's not just your ring work. It's not just your moves. There's so many foreign objects and, and other elements to consider at all times, right? Like 
like you said, ring awareness, right? Like being aware yeah. of everything that's happening and where you're falling and what's happening. Yeah, as you can see, like I got glasses on and stuff, and like uh, I, I'm nearsighted, so. Uh, when I take off my glasses, like the farther away you get, the more blurry you get. And my vision's pretty, pretty bad, to be honest. Uh, like no peace. I tell them like, no, do you turn on all these fucking lights? I don't want it dark in here. Fuck that. Oh, like, loser. I not? wouldn't know where they I are. Like, I can't see, man. Like, don't do contact. You want me to fall like off the stage like an idiot? Like, yeah, come yeah. on, man. But, uh, you know, just, just by, uh, walking around, like, their lighting guy is really good about knowing where to light up certain places so he can kind of play with it a little bit. And it's, it's really been helpful a lot lately. So, you know, you find those grooves. But uh, I always tell people, like, man, like, I'll look around and I'll see blobs of people and all that, and I'll, like, wave at one to come at me, and they'll just come at me, and I won't know what's going on until they get to me, and I'm like, okay, hit me. You know? <laughs> like, it's just... It happens, but I'm very aware of what's going on around me more times than not. Uh, you know, just my finals with Schlack. Like, I knew something was coming. I turned, and I just see nothing but tubes. I'm like, no! <laughs> you know? Like, ah, shit. As he throws an entire you know? log cabin onto you. <laughs> yeah, right? Fucking... Oh, man. That may be yeah, the you, most you implements definitely... of destruction I've ever seen in one ring in that Insane 8 final. Like, when they were setting it up, I was like, holy fuck. This is going to be oh, crazy. dude. You have no idea, man. Like, uh, I saw guys building stuff and uh, saw a couple guys build that pyramid thing. And I was looking at it. I was like, come on, guys. This is Insane 8. You only going to use fucking eight tubes for that thing? Like, don't be a bunch of bitches. And I started, like, taping random tubes to it and made it like this weird wacky contraption i was like eh, somebody will throw something at it and it'll break thinking somebody will throw a chair at it or something you know yeah. like people will do that they'll they'll randomly throw shit and it'll just break things fucking oh man was i wrong well, well uh people did throw something <laughs> at it, yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> slack threw you at it <laughs> yeah right I'm going to put that like, gif up on my, my Twitter so people can see how absolutely devastating that was because it was brutal. Oh, dude. He just cracked me up because uh, uh, the guy doing commentary, super nice guy, I like him a lot, just really needed that person that grounded him out yeah. because it was just him at the finals. And he goes, Schlack and Neil, a couple of legends going at it. Oh, oh, like flipped out twice back to back because he didn't realize that I was about to get fucking murdered, <laughs> you know. He was definitely that. That the commentary on that show was was rough because there was another guy with him for a while for most of it. I had it quite low, uh, but just because I didn't want to hear what rubbish was going on, it was some pretty bad commentary. But that that young guy that did the thing on it on his own, I will say that throughout the whole thing, you could just tell he was like trying his best, you know, like and was doing his best to keep it on the rails. I think at one point he's like, I just want to uh, apologize for everything like and i'm like this poor dude man he's trying so hard like and and by the end i was like on his side you know because it, it was rough man it was I'll say this though, like if he if he literally says I'm sorry for everything, yeah. fucking that right there just made it up completely for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he did. There was, like, there was a gap between matches. I I can't remember if it was before the final or maybe before your and Oren's matches, but I think it's when the other guy leaves 
for a bit. I don't know if he's going to the bathroom or, or if he comes back. I can't remember. But the other guy goes and him just on his own on commentary was like, yeah, so thank you for tuning into uh, The Insane Hate. I just want to take a moment to apologise for everything that's happened. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like just because he knew that he knew the commentary was off the rails and people weren't feeling it, you know. Didn't want to catch his heat, bro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He he knew. I mean, he's probably seen it on Twitter or whatever, blowing up. Well, as we start to wrap up, man, let, let's quickly t- touch on what's next. So, uh, ICW uh, No Holds Barred is coming down the pike, and you're going to be dealing with the Iron Demon Shane Mercer. How do you feel about that? I'm gonna fuck his bitch ass up. <laughs> ah, yes. That's what I'm. Fuck That's him. Good. He can bench press 500 pounds all he wants. It ain't gonna stop me from putting a fucking stick up his butt. <laughs> like it's so great because he'll put up posts on uh, Twitter. Like I, I want. I've been wanting to do this for so long, but I got bored with it after a couple weeks because I just kept harassing him on Twitter. Like he'd put something up, I'd retweet it and quote and be like, I can do this in my sleep, bitch. You know, you're <laughs> like like, like his workout videos and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he'll th- he'll do a thing where he's showing a gif of him doing his uh follow a slam flip. Yeah. And I'll be like, fuck you, bitch. I'll find a way out of that. Like, uh uh-uh, uh no. Like you might as well start like picking at people because like the, to me uh, Insane Eight was kind of my my way of being like, okay, this is all or nothing, and we saw what happens when I put my full effort into something, and ever since then it's been, you know, seventy five, eighty, ninety percent. You know, it hasn't been that full blown like, let's go, let's do this. But Mercer, like, nah, he's gonna get one hundred percent, gonna cram my foot so far up his ass, my toe's gonna touch his fucking teeth. Like, nah, I'm not gonna be scared of him. Like, fuck him. So he can throw a, a giant fucking bleacher, like I care, whatever. He's only got to chuck me. I just got to make sure I land right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna get up and go after him again. Yeah. Fuck him. He's dealing with a honey badger now. You're gonna keep coming, so he better be ready to swing those tubes, man. Yeah, man, he better be ready. <laughs> Saying I, I don't hold no uh, no ill will towards the man. It's just competition, man. Business, like nah. After Satu Jin, I was like, nope, this is done. Like, nope. What a win for you, man. That was killer. That was a killer match. Yeah, thanks, man. Saying I, I really like Satu. He's a tough competitor. Fucking that dude's always got something up his sleeve. And this time, he gave me that uh, spine buster uh, with the power bomb. Yeah. And I was so confused when he grabbed me and lifted up. I was like, what the hell is going on? And just, I was trying to reach for his face. That's why my hands were up by my crotch. And he just grabbed my hands and lifted me straight up. And I was like, oh shit, this is not good. <laughs> and uh, I think he screamed in, in my dick too. If you watch the video, like you hear him, you hear him muffled. Murr! And then, boom, we power bomb. So I, it might just be me. It might be the copy of the match I got, but it sounds like he's screaming into my dick. Right. I'm going to go back, so. gonna need to go back and uh, audio analyze that and let you know. <laughs> there you go, yeah. That and, that and uh, Shane also got the unfortunate uh, – the unfortunate for him, but awesome for me, uh, case of in the chains, because I am taming those chains, and I am going to show people what happens when I have full control over a ring. You know, fuck Mercer. <laughs> <laughs> There's Come nothing left to say about that. Don't make angles to make his head spin. 
<laughs> or that that is awesome. I cannot cannot wait for that. Um, the last the last thing to to touch is where did uh, obviously you said you were a big DDP fan, but the Neil Diamond Cutter alias. Where did that start and begin, man? Uh, that actually started in IWA Mid South. Uh, Ian Ryan actually came up with it. Um, he was sitting there with a couple of friends, and they were all super stoned watching Saving Silverman. And he liked me from the two tryout shows I did, and liked that I, like, you know, one the first one the friend structured the match, the second one I structured the match, and he really liked the second tryout just because I structured it better than than my buddy, you know. Uh, and he was like, well, if you mix the three characters from here, you get kind of a weird kind of person, just a weird obsessed person about Neil Diamond. <laughs> oh, this guy, will, well, he knows how to make fun of himself, so we'll put it on him. And they tagged me into the hooligans, and that's how Neil Diamond Cutter was born. And is it, so, has the entrance always been Sweet Caroline? Yeah, the moment I changed to Neil Diamond Cutter, it's been Sweet Caroline. Like, every now and again, uh, I'll have to come out to something different because either they don't know who I am and don't realize I use Sweet Caroline, or uh, somebody will be like, oh, copyright? Do you own the copyrights? And I'm like, does UFC own the copyrights of any of those songs? No. I know why? Because they're interest themes, you dipshit. We're not making money off of them. No. He's just playing them for like 30 seconds or whatever to a minute. And I, somehow I doubt Neil Diamond be on Google like, who's using my uh, my track now? Yeah. Especially a deathmatch guy. Like, the dude's got bigger fish to fry, okay? <laughs> that dude's trying to solve world peace right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to entertain, you know, 100,000 people <laughs> with violence. Plus, they're going to turn around as well and like, Worst case scenario, it's a cease and desist letter and you stop using it. You know what I mean? Like, but until yeah. then, you're good to go. Yeah, it's just whatever. It's so funny because I did a show. I don't want to reveal the show because I don't want to put them under because I do like the show. Um, but uh, I was on Insane 8 and we played Sweet Caroline on Fight, Yeah, you know, uh-huh. on Fight app. Well... This show is also on fight, and they asked me about copyright. I was like, I didn't use it three months ago. <laughs> like, you know, I was on fight then. They didn't get a cease and desist. They're still selling it, still making money off of it. Oh, well, we need a copyright. Oh, yeah, we need a copyright. Like, whatever. Okay, play whatever you want, man. <laughs> and then the crowd starts singing it. So I didn't need it anyway. They just started doing the, the chorus, and the whole crowd started singing along. And I was like, all right, turn off this whatever music I'll just let them sing yeah exactly they know who you are now they know the song and they want to sing it anyway which is why it's such a great intro track everybody loves singing yeah. that song yeah despite it being a minute and a half long to get to that point like it's just a nice little build because everyone knows like okay let's get our talking done because as soon as that chorus comes we're all going to sing along you know so like I hear people talking all the time like right outside the curtain they're like god this song takes forever but uh, Oh, well, we're almost there. Okay, we're there. Uh, yeah, uh, 
and I come out, and I just look over where they're where they were sitting, and they're all excited, jumping around, you know, singing along, having fun. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have fun. Everybody Pitch loves the ba ba ba. It's so fun, man. So like, you're instantly going to have them on your side the second you come out to that because uh, no matter what yeah, people say, they love that song. Yeah, it's very rare for me not to uh, to get over with the song. Uh, I remember once in Tennessee recently, I raised, I faced uh, Raven Havoc, and like Raven was telling me, like, "Oh, the crowd's real good. They, you know, they really are loud." And I'm like, "Okay, cool. We'll see." Get out there, and everyone's dead as crickets. So I halfway through the match, I'm like, "Nah, I'm gonna turn this shit around." I started making fun of them. They're like, "Come on, guys! I'm beating up your hometown guy, Raven." Ray, like, started mocking them, just making fun of the fans themselves, and they started booing at me. And I was like, "Ah, yes, Go give me up. that heat, <laughs> a delicious, <laughs> give me that tasty heat." Can... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, Neil, tell everybody where to find you, man. Is it? I got. Uh, maybe I can do it for you. Is it at Fearless Neil on social media? Uh, that is on Twitter. On Instagram, I believe it's NDCPOD, which is Neil Diamond Cutter, Prince of Death. So it's just the initials of them. And then, uh, yeah, I think my uh, Facebook is public, so you can at least see the things. I'm not really accepting uh, friend requests unless I actually know the people now because I'm almost to that holy grail of 5,000. <laughs> So look at you! You got to save those last precious few spots. Oh, dude! Once I get uh, all the people filled, if I start making new friends and all that, I'll just start knocking off people I know for a fact aren't around. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So just names on the the Facebook. Well, I feel privileged to have one of those spots, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you reached no out problem, to me, and, and I'm glad we we've gone to know each other, dude. It's been been wicked getting to know you, and I can't wait like until the world opens up and we can share like a cold beer. We'll get you to WA or. To be honest, if it's all lifted up and you're you're flown into deathmatch down under, I'm crossing the country to come over and see you anyway. So it'll be killer. Hell yeah, man! I'm saying we'll definitely have to uh, have a beer and maybe a smoke. I don't know if it's legal down there or not, but <laughs> it's not. You'll need to keep it low key. Oh man, bunch <laughs> of bitches. <laughs> Awesome, man. I am going to play you out in style the only way that Neil Diamond Cutter can be played out, yes? Yeah? So sit tight, everybody. Thank you, Neil, for your time. This has been Faces and Feels. And remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Peace out, Neil. Adios. Adios. I can't begin to knowing, but then I know it's growing strong. Wasn't the spring, and spring became the summer. Who'd have believed you'd come along? Touching hands, reaching out, touching me, touching you.
Thanks everyone for listening. This has been Faces and Feels. Check us out on social media at Faces Feels Cast on Instagram, at Faces Feels Cast on Twitter, or send us an email to facesandfeels at gmail.com. Until then, peace out. <laughs>